Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So we're busy with our series. We started this year on a series called Great Faith. And we said from the beginning that it is impossible to please God without faith. The Word of God says it's impossible to please God without faith because he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that means that if you want to know God, nothing can keep you from knowing God. It says the word is not far from you, but it is near. It is in your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's not, who shall come from him? Who shall come from down? Mm -mm. Jesus has paid the price so that the word is near to you. And this is why we preach the good news. Because there's no qualification except to believe. Amen. And so our great faith sets us up for expectation in our hearts for this year. And in the first week we looked at the Hebrew believers who were under great persecution because of their faith. Because they transitioned from Judaism to Christianity and they started facing all sorts of opposition from their communities. And we saw the word of God says that you are not to shrink back. There's no such thing as backsliding, taking a time out from God, resting from God, vacationing from God, and just chilling. There's no such thing. Imagine. Imagine your husband comes to you or your wife comes to you and says, you know, everything is fine. <laughs> That's how they start. Everything is fine. Um, but we need to just take a, a, a time out. That means they are going to leave you. You must immediately stop them there. <laughs> There's no such thing as a time out from marriage. Amen. <laughs> uh, Mark? That's right. There's no time out. And how many of you understand that the covenant that we have with Jesus is a marriage relationship? Right. So... Great faith, no shrinking back. In the second week, we spoke about Enoch, this mysterious man that never tasted death. And the Bible says that he walked with God, and then he was no more because God took him. He vanished from the planet because God saw his faith. He had this witness that he pleased God because of his faith. Imagine, have any of you considered just being in a relationship with God to such an extent that the next day they don't find you. You are in heaven. You must commission an angel to come and tell your... If you have a family, maybe don't think about such things until you're old. But that means that God has a desire and he's drawn to faith. Nothing else. Nothing else. And today, we're speaking about the great faith of Noah. The great faith of Noah. And many of us grew up listening to this story about a, a global flood. And when we grew up, we started taking geography and biology and learning all sorts of alternative facts and realizing that perhaps, apparently, this Noah story is not real. It's allegorical. It's just like a parable to, you know, make the Christians encouraged. No. No, no, no. This is historical fact. And you will find the evidence even in the archaeological record. Yeah? On Mount Ararat where the, 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 the ark of Noah came to rest. And so the reason why God did this was for a very specific purpose. And we will notice that sometimes in your life, you will have to have great faith in the midst of a mocking world, in the midst of an impending flood. You might be a lone voice 
a lone voice in the midst of a world that mocks you for your faith and in the midst of a world that is on its way to destruction. And have you ever heard the saying that you don't need many to stand with you when you are standing with God, you and God are a majority. Anytime you stand with God, you and God are a majority. If ever you have to choose, do I take the majority or do I stand alone with God? Always realize that the majority is on God's side. This is a reality that each of us has to take action on. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. Show me your faith by your actions. If you believe that there's a fire in this building, will you sit as comfortably as you're sitting now? What will you immediately do? You will run out at the risk of leaving everyone behind. Wife, children. <laughs> right? Because you are persuaded that that reality is true. Even if it's not true, what you believe will cause a response in you. If they come inside now and say someone broke into your car and it's a prank, you will start crying and looking at your bank account and seeing if your insurance is in place, etc., etc. Trying to look for someone to point a finger at and blame. And then they say, jokes. <laughs> jokes. And the Bible says that's an evil thing to do, you know. So I was just kidding. Don't do those kind of things. It's apparently not part of wisdom. It's for another message. <laughs> as fun as it is. And so, your, your heart is made to believe. You were created to believe. You were created to walk by faith. Your senses became activated when Adam sinned, when he disobeyed God's command, and when he partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said to God, I, I realized that I was naked. But he wasn't blind all along. He could perceive, but everything that he perceived was through the eyes of faith. Because there's an invisible reality that is more real than the, the seen reality. And the Bible says that God dwells in invisible light. God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you begin to entertain too much that I want to see... I want to see spiritual things in reality. You are prone to be deceived. Don't believe what your eyes tell you. And there are many, many sort of riddles that you can do that trick your eyes. The whole industry of, of the, the sort of neutral kind of magic, smoke screen and, and mirrors, is all about... What you see is not real. Now I'm here to tell you that if you don't have the word of God as a perspective, you are blind. You're blind. And the worst part is that when you enter the spiritual realm, one day when you die and pass to meet God in judgment, you will see things in truth. And then you'll look around for that other guy that was a Christian in your family. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? No, I was just praying for you. You should have told me. Amen. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those who don't believe. So that they will not receive the gospel. But the gospel, when it comes to a man, it opens his eyes. I was blind, but now I see amazing grace. Now Noah comes up in Hebrews 11, verse 7. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Now, this is a loaded piece of scripture. It means that through faith, 
Noah could encounter God and save his family and follow what God was telling him to do and then get in heaven in the place of righteousness because of his faith. Because of his faith. And we'll be looking this morning at the four expressions of Noah's faith. Firstly, he discerned the events about the future. How many of you understand that God knows the future? He knows your future. And the one future that you can be certain about is that there will always be taxes. You don't have to be prophetic. There will always be taxes and there will always be death. Every man, every woman must meet their appointment. And this future is described to us through the word of God. But in order for us to believe and live according to it, we must apply our faith to it. Then it says, number two, by faith he built an ark. And then number three, by faith he saved his family. How many of you are here and you've got family members that don't know the Lord Jesus? You are the Noah that is supposed to rescue that family. God is going to use you whether you are a preacher or not. God is going to use your witness to be a testimony to your brother, your sister, your cousin, even your parents, your grandparents, your, your, your nieces and nephews because of your faith in God. Sometimes we want to manipulate people into the kingdom. Number four, by faith he inherited the righteousness which comes by faith. Number one, he discerned the events about the future. It says here, faith comes by hearing and hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Romans 10 verse 17. It says that your faith is built when you hear from God. And you hear many, many Christians, pseudo-Christians, somewhat kind of Christians, who say, I don't need to be in church. Right? Who instituted church? Jesus Christ. He says it's his body. We are members of his body. Right? The church is the pillar of truth. If you isolate yourself from the church, you are isolating yourself from the pillar of truth. Watch out, deception is on its way. Amen? And then you are liable to start a cult. So God has put his body together in a place where in the morning you can hear from God. You can hear from God. If you have the word of God, the Bible, many Christians don't believe the Bible. They take what they like and then like don't judge. That scripture is the one they like. Yeah. Thou shalt not judge. Kastach. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it means. Thou shalt not judge. So that every time they are doing their thing, and you come as a believer and say, hey, you said that you're a Christian. Why are you involved? With ah, thou shalt not judge. But it also says that you need to live a life according to the Lordship of Christ. Every man that names the name of Jesus must depart from iniquity. And so, the word of God and the church begin to be the place where you hear faith coming to you. And it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But how then will they hear if no one preaches to them? How then will someone preach if no one is sent? Remember that scripture. And so by faith you are able to discern the events about the future. The word of God is a prophetic book. It is not just historical material, but it creates in you an intuition for what is coming. And Noah was able in walking with God to discern that the flood is coming. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, here from chapter 5 onward, that God saw his creation. And the whole intent of man every time was evil all the time. Non-stop. 
And what also happened is that there were demonic spirits that entered as angelic beings into the earth realm and began to intermarry with women on earth. And there was a race called the Nephilim and they were starting to corrupt the race. And God already anticipated that he needed to have a race by which the Messiah was going to come. And he was not going to be half demon and half human. So do we risk the salvation of eternal life? Or do we wipe out this? If you're a doctor, you've probably been faced with that situation. It's called an amputation. You're in a situation where a certain limb of the body is busy destroying the rest of the body. What do you have to do? So far, the technology that we have and the knowledge that we have says you must amputate for the sake of the rest of the body. And so this is what God did. He said, I must clear out. <laughs> I must clear out this whole thing. He said he regretted creating mankind. It was not meant to be like this. Corrupt every thought. Corrupt every inclination. Violence. And the Bible says that there was a man called Noah. Who found favor with God. One man in the whole planet. One man. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. You are that man. You are that woman. Lone voice in the desert. Stand alone. Hmm? Stand alone because God needs one person. Sometimes we want to call the whole community, come and pray together and all of that. Not necessarily. Right? God needs your heart to be in the right place. Amen? Amen? And so... This is what happened with Noah. He began to perceive that God is bringing judgment on the earth. And he said to Noah, Noah, judgment is coming. It will be through a flood. Everything will be destroyed. Mankind and beast will be wiped out. But I want you to do something for me. Build a boat. Some people believe, no, those Bible people were like, um, they are backwards, you know. They are cavemen. They are like, compared to us, we are sophisticated. But those guys, that's why the Bible is for those kind of people. We are sophisticated now. But the, the ship, <laughs> the ship that Noah was told to build was supposed to handle a global flood. Not an engineering firm. Not a whole entire nation. Has Namibia built its own ship yet? I don't know. Who's, who would know? Before I say something which is incorrect. I don't think so. No? We import. Yeah. From Israel. <laughs> um, so Noah commissioned to build a ship. God gives him the dimensions. He gives him the, the material. And he tells him, this is how you are to do it. And God begins to speak to Noah. And he says, the reason why you must do this, Noah, is because this is the way that you will rescue the rest of the race. Noah could have said, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired. I go to church too often. All the time, read my Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. All the time. And he didn't have that approach because he had a holy fear of God. This is something that is missing today in the body of Christ. The terror of the Lord. And it is not that God wants you to be afraid because when you get born again, you are his child. So there is a a closeness in that relationship. But when you begin to experience God in his reality, your whole being begins to tell you, be careful. The only way that you are not like that is if you are somehow deluded. I saw this video online 
of a, an Asian man that jumped into the zoo in the area where the lions were held. He was not doing well, obviously, in, in the medical sense. And he jumped in there. The lions almost ripped him apart, but the lions were like, is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> Is this possible? I mean, we have been praying for this all our lives in here. Is this possible? You know how a wild animal can be like... <laughs> Let's relax and see what it does. And what happened is the man was almost destroyed. At times, they would, they would come at him and he would, you know, kick away and he's like a drunkard. And eventually he was rescued out. Because who is going to go in there? To, <laughs> you don't have superheroes. You, who is going to rescue you in there? They had to shoot at the, at the animals in order to rescue them. Now, when we are engaging with God, it says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the almighty God. Because our God is a consuming fire. The fact that we take his grace for granted and say, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me. That's why... You don't understand that that is what it took for God to take his own son's life in order to stay his wrath from your life. And we did not deserve anything. Sometimes we look at this and say, oh, how can God be so harsh? Blah, 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 blah. How can God be so You don't understand just, justice. The holy requirements of justice says that the soul that sins must die. The soul that sins, him and his generations must die. Because you don't understand what sin is. You don't understand the evil nature of it in contrast to God. He is a holy God. In his nature, his whole nature destroys evil. If he does not contain himself, it is a natural thing. It is the same way that light dispels darkness. There is no option. God has to, he has to almost postpone your death if he's going to be merciful to you. And this is what he did in Christ. He postponed our death till the day of the cross. So that on that day, the credit card was wiped clean. Reverential fear will cause you to do what God is calling you to do despite the mockery of your friends and family. Because sometimes we want to be popular. I'm on Instagram now. I need followers. So that they can see the life of a Christian and believe in Jesus. And it's all for your selfish popularity. God is calling you not just to have a profile with likes. He's calling you out of your comfort zone. Out of all your comforts. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The clothes you wear, the car you drive, everything you boast about can be taken today. And no one will say, uh, who took it? It went back to the owner. The Bible, the Bible speaks about how men are commanded everywhere to repent. Usually when we preach, we say, would you like to come to Jesus' wedding? It's going to be really nice. Huh? There will be so many angels singing. You'd like to see that. And your friends can come as well. That's not how God comes on the earth. I tell you. He comes and he demands. Every man everywhere repent. In the past I was merciful. Now all men everywhere are commanded to repent. They come to Christ or you eat what you, what you make for yourself. You might say, no, but isn't that harsh? No, 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 no. The fact that God made a way through his son, and it was the only way, means that you must not take contempt. And then look in the, in the horse's mouth and say, I don't know about this Jesus story, you know. I, 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 I'm trying to analyze. No, come quickly to salvation. Come quickly to salvation. Number three. 
By faith, he saved his family. Many of us, we are all too happy that we are saved and that family of ours is back there. We have new family now. It's my spiritual family. Me and Mark are brothers. What about your real brother? Where is he? I, I don't know. I'm a new creation in Christ. <laughs> all things are passed away. No, no, no. And then we have this attitude. That we have this attitude that if somebody doesn't believe in God, they don't deserve our love. They don't deserve our mercy and grace. They don't deserve our friendship. They don't deserve our gifts. Especially if they are involved in the occult. Meaning if they worship the devil or demons or ancestors, something where demons are hiding behind. And we say, no, they are evil. I cannot give bread to an evil man. Did you know that God saw you as an evil man and gave you more than bread? He gave you the living bread, his son. So the same attitude that God loves his enemies, I tell you. Look at your neighbor. It's you. Say, it's you. <laughs> Don't look around. It's you. It says we were enemies of God in our minds, alienated from salvation, without hope in this world, on our way to destruction, and the whole of heaven would have said, justice, justice, justice. Yeah? Don't look at me like that because if, if a murderer is killed and a rapist is, is, is found guilty in prison, we will all say justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we are on the, on the, on the, on the judgment seat, we're like, mercy. <laughs> mercy. And it is because of the justice of God that Jesus had to come. It is because of the justice of God that Noah had to build an ark. It says he constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Did you know that God wants you to build an ark? Okay, let me qualify that because someone might go out here and not only be a hearer of the word but a doer. <laughs> Start building an ark. No, what I mean is that the ark is symbolic. It's a type and a shadow of something that preserves you from destruction and from judgment. Alright? And it is a type and a shadow of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the actual ark. It says if any man is where? In Christ. You can't be next to Christ. I know Jesus. We are friends. Mm -mm. You must be born again. That's the only way you get into Christ. Amen? You cannot just be a church attendant. This is not the ark. This is a building made of, of bricks and mortar. The, the, the real church is a spiritual body that you are born into. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord. And he will say, you are not in me. Here is my membership card, Lord. It's not about membership card. <laughs> oh, what a rude awakening. If ever you had regrets in your life, there might be a big one coming if you don't make things right today. And some of you, some, some people have this idea, I'm not ready. Okay. I'm not ready yet to go into the ark. Okay. Let's close the door and see if you'll be ready when the door is closed. Most people get ready when the door is closed. Yeah, I'm ready now. I'm open the door. I'm ready now. I'm ready now, please open the door. And the Bible says, not that Noah shut the door, because Noah could have opened. Yeah, just jump in, jump in. God shut the door. God shut the door, and there is a day coming when God will shut the door. Boom. And for some of us, that day is the day you pass from this life to the next. It's not 2,000 years down the line if Jesus returns on that date. The day you die, the Bible says it is appoint, appointed for a man to die once and to face his judgment. And it says those who are in Christ have passed from judgment. They have entered into eternal life. When they enter heaven, they run to Jesus. I can only imagine what it will be like when I'm surrounded by your glory. 
tears of joy. The others, because <laughs> you are not prepared. Who is, where am I? Oh, it says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is that? Have you ever gone through a situation where there's both of those? Most of the time there's weeping and then if you're having a nightmare, there's gnashing of teeth. But together, live experience, weeping and gnashing of teeth, outer darkness. And some of you are saying no, but you are scaring people into heaven. You are scaring people. Like, like uh, Jonathan Edwards, he started a revival called the, the Awakening in, in the USA in the 1800s. And he preached one sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. As he was preaching that message, and John, Jonathan Edwards wasn't a charismatic guy. He, he was like this. That's how he reads his sermon. Oh, God wants you to repent and come back to him. Forsake your life. Gain the life of Christ. That's how he preached. And people would shake out of their seats and fall and, and feel like they were falling into hell itself. Some would pass out, boof. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? Are you saved? Are you sure? Because I saw it on your Facebook profile, but are you sure? <laughs> hmm. Now, with regards to saving your household, every single one of us must do two things. Live your life as an example. Live your life as an example. You are not only living the Christian life for yourself. You are living it, it says, let your light so shine before men so that they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. Live your life as an example. Let your faith and your confidence in God be vocal. Don't hide it. So that when, the, when, when people come and they are arresting Christians and they say, is, is this guy a Christian? No, there's no evidence. No evidence whatsoever. No, I'm a Christian. I'm a, no, there's no evidence. Go away. Right? Because they never saw you at church. <laughs> You're never involved with the things of God. You never preach your faith. It's just like you are in the secret service of the Lord. <laughs> CIA. <laughs> CIA of the Lord. No, there's no CIA of the Lord. Everyone comes out. There's no in the closet Christianity. Mm -mm. You come out. Amen. And it says everyone that wants to live a godly life will suffer persecution. Tell your neighbor, prepare for persecution. It brings glory. Yes. The disciples rejoiced that they were counted worthy <laughs> to suffer for the cause of Christ. They were happy. How many beatings did you get? 45. How many did you get? 49. I'm more than you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It was their crown that I may suffer for the sake of the truth, that I may be one of those who built an ark for my, for my generation. I remember when I was on campus, no, when I, when I started coming to East People, this was in grade nine. Now, my family is obviously from a traditional church and Presbyterian, and my dad was also the Domini. So how can the Domini's son go to another church? Yeah? But I was in hostel, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. <laughs> Back home, that doesn't happen, right? Getting baptized as an adult compared to a baby having my own faith, beginning to walk in, in the ministry of, of praise and worship and reaching out to my friends and preaching to the teachers at school. Right? And then, on Sunday, having to go with the family, and my, my family is here. <laughs> having to go with the family, and then, after that, go to that other church. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Get the fire. And then coming home, and I remember my sister, Alfreda, saying, Today, they talked about you. <laughs> it's always good to have a young sister who can give you the inside information. <laughs> and in that time, it was always like a battle. 
Do I stay on course with what the Lord is showing me? Or do I just go with what is traditional? And it's years later, after much praying, I would be home on holidays, and when no one is at home, I'll go to the rooms and pray on the pillows. Lord, salvation, let dreams come, let, let encounters come. Then when I'm back at university, got a phone call from Maya. No, she decided to start Bible school. And then in the Bible school, they gave an opportunity to, to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. She started speaking in tongues. Whoa! And now the, the whole family has come. <laughs> and the extended family is being reached. Abigail was here playing the keyboard. Right? It is not just you who must be here. He will ask you, where is your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? You know the person who said that? He was the first, the original murderer. That's a good movie. <laughs> the original murderer. Denzel. <laughs> anyway. It is important that you get to that place where you realize that your family should be on your prayer list. You are building an ark. They see you going to the ark. They see you coming to Christ. They see you going to church. They see you sending them encouraging messages. They see you praying for them when they are sick. They see you coming with your money that you don't have enough of and paying for their expenses. Why? Because of Christ. And that begins to, to, to draw the hearts of men. It says, don't you know, oh men, that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Number four. I need to finish. By faith, he inherited the righteousness. This is so huge. On Friday, we were talking about that at the, at the prayer and fasting. And just once again, beginning to realize how the righteousness which is by faith is different from the righteousness which is by the law. The, the righteousness which is by works means you are getting set right with God by your obedience to all the commandments. That righteousness no one can attain. The only righteousness that is available now is coming through the gospel. No, 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 no. <laughs> it says here, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Your confidence concerning your salvation should be constantly sharp. Why? Because it's not dependent on your own righteousness. It's dependent on the righteousness of someone who is perfect. And that righteousness was given to you because of your faith in him. Do you understand? This is what they call the gospel. Most people, what they think is the gospel is the do's and don'ts. No, the gospel is that the do's and don'ts are immaterial for those who have come to Christ and have inherited all his do's. And it goes into his, into their account. Hallelujah. This, if your friends hear this, they will come to church. But if they hear no good, do, do, do good, do bad, get destroyed if you do bad, get... Uh, mm -mm. And it is like, this morning you're asking, okay, why are we hyping this like that, you know? The doctor, when he sits with you, he doesn't just bring out a big injection. Get ready. <laughs> right? That's not what the doctor will do. Didn't even greet you good morning. Just get, get ready. I don't know why they always have to look, make it like. Get ready. If the doctor approaches you like that, you'll say, no, 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 wait a minute, what is this? So what the doctor must do is spend a lot of time on the problem. Explain to you how the things will fall out and fall apart and what, 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 and, and how you will, and all the pain and everything that you will give. And then he will say, but I've got good news for you. <laughs> then you will say, oh, okay, what is the good news? No, there's this big injection that you need to take, <laughs> and all your things will be sorted out. Give me immediately, doctor. <laughs> I'm ready. Amen? But if we don't spend time on the problem, they will despise the gift. 
There's no context. Why do I need Jesus? I can just get Muhammad. I can just get Hare Krishna. I can, I can just be an atheist. The Bible says that all those men died. Jesus is the only one who came back from the grave. And this is the, the, the beachhead of our faith. The resurrection. If Jesus was not raised to life, you are still in your sins. You might as well go sin. But if Jesus, and this is historical fact proved, Jesus has been resurrected more than 500 witnesses. In a court of law, it's a rest my case type of case. More than 500 witnesses. Right? Not only women, men only. And the reason is because women's testimony at that time, it cut out all those, you know. Even today, it would be more because women's testimonies are valid. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so this morning, I really want to encourage you on these points. That you must, you must, you must apply them in your life. Take us back to the four points. Discern the future. Understand what's coming. Be wise. Be wise. Don't be popular. Be wise. Number two, build an ark. Build your life. Let it be a light. And then, take your family along. Put them on your prayer list. Pray for them. Don't judge them. Pray for them. Share with them. Bless them. And they will come. And they know that there is a righteousness which comes by faith, which is different from the one that everyone thinks about. Amen? Let us stand. Right where you are, I'd like to, to ask you to just begin to pray in your heart. Ask yourself, where am I with the Lord? Where am I with the Lord this morning? Where am I with the Lord this morning? Where am I with the Lord this morning? What am I resting my faith on? Have I received the word from God? Am I taking the scriptures? Am I taking the preaching from, from God's word? Is it changing my life? Am I entertaining lies? Am I entertaining the mockery of my world? Am I afraid to be a Christian, ashamed to be a Christian, to be associated with those who suffer for the sake of the truth? And then I want you to think about your family. Consider your family members that don't know Jesus. Have you ever encouraged them from the heart, not just out of duty, from the heart because of a compassionate heart? Have you ever reached out to them? Have you ever blessed them with something to say, Lord, this is a seed into my sister's life, into my brother's life. Lord, use this. Use this. Have you ever invited them to a small group meeting? Have you ever invited them to church? Have you ever invited them to the things of God? Have you ever testified about what Jesus has done in your personal life? Have you ever come to that place where Jesus is evident and obvious because you are not hiding him from them? So right now, let's just begin to pray for those two things. Where you are, pray over your heart and pray. Begin to pray for those family members. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, God, that you are not too, too far to save. Your hand is not too short to save. Your ear is not too dull to hear. For those here this morning, Lord, who, who don't know you, Father, I pray that you begin to draw them by your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that their eyes will be opened to the reality of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he brings. Father, we pray for our family. We pray for our family, Lord, those who might be in darkness, those who might be deceived, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray, God, that you will use our lives as an ark building, Lord God. That we will be the ones that bring the ark to them, that bring Christ to them, Lord God. That we will not condemn them, but that we'll pray and fast and intercede for them, Lord God. And trust God for them, Lord. That we'll love on them, Lord God. That we'll be the hands and feet of Jesus in their lives, Lord. That they will not go without any witness that there is salvation in no other except in the Lord Jesus Christ.
I want to pray specifically for those who are here this morning and you are not born again. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You, you might have done religious things or grown up in church or whatever, but you've never taken the step to say, Lord, today I make you my personal Lord and my Savior. And I'm not ashamed of it. And from today, I associate myself with you. If there's anybody like that this morning, I'd like you to raise your hand so that I can pray for you. If you are here this morning, you need to give your life to Christ. This is the time. This is the moment. Just raise your hand. The Lord wants to, wants to save you, wants to touch you. Don't harden your heart. If you are here this morning, you hear the Spirit of God is calling you. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I see that hand. This is the day of salvation. Jesus died for you in public and you are not to be ashamed of salvation in Christ. Is there anybody else? You need to give your life to Christ. You are here this morning and you need to commit to Christ. Not just church going, but really coming and leaving your old life behind and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there anybody else like that? Just raise your hand so that we can pray with you this morning and you will receive eternal life. I'd like to call the, the two gentlemen that were raising their hands. Brothers, come here forward to receive Christ. Come here forward to receive Christ. Come here forward to receive Christ. I saw another hand there. Come, brother. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Your life. Just look at me. Your life will never be the same again. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? You need to come to Christ. Today is your day of salvation. Today is the day that God speaks to your heart. And he says that your old life, I will forgive you. I will forgive you of all the things that are on your heart. I will forgive you all the guilt that is on your shoulders. All the pain that you have experienced. I will remove it from you. And I will give you living water. And I will give you the water that you will never thirst again. And I will give you eternal life. Just hold your hands out like this. Let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I am here in front of people to receive Jesus I forget what is behind me forgive me Lord for the life that I've lived without you today I receive you into my heart be the Lord of my life be the savior of my soul do something good with my life Turn me around from today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me your word. Show me your face, God. Let me know you. Let me walk with you. From today, I turn my back on the world. I face you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive eternal life into my spirit this morning. And I'm thankful, Lord. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Every chain, every chain is breaking off your life in the name of Jesus. Everything that the enemy has been holding against you is breaking off your life in the name of Jesus. Everything that the enemy has been trying to plant in your life is uprooted this morning in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of God will come upon your life and you will begin to experience God like you never thought possible. Your family will look at you and say, this is a new man. 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 And they will glorify God. Father, we release that blessing this morning in the name of Jesus. And Father, we release your grace in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord, just for yeah, the new opportunities that are coming on our brother's path, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that from today, his life will have a different story. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray.
and all God's children shout amen. Amen. Someone here, as I was preparing, I know that we are over time. You are having a, a situation, relational problem with your mother. And, and things are getting bad and it's at the level of unforgiveness and bitterness. And you are in the place where you are, it's fasting week, you know, fasting week. And I'm trusting God for miracles. But every time your mom comes up, it's like, oh, there's something there. And God is saying that is hindering your miracle. That is hindering your miracle. So if that's you, just come to us after the service. We want to minister to you. We want to break that thing off. We want to bring restoration in your life. Amen. Amen. And if, if you're also, I really feel like God is healing uh, people of, of um, emotional diseases. Different kinds of emotional diseases and mental diseases. Like bipolar and depression and those kind of things. So just receive as the word was going out. God is touching you. Your chemical imbalances will begin to be restored. Some of you, there's nothing wrong with you. But you think there's something wrong with you. Yeah? And because your emotions are, are just out of whack. You think, no, if I go to the doctor, they'll tell me it's chemical imbalance. It's not. But God is touching you even there. Amen? Alright, so let's raise our hands to the Lord. And, and if that's you, just come and see us after the service. Then. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. And uh, remember Saturday, we are doing the prayer walk and passion night and invite your family to church. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that you are Lord of the nations, creator of heaven and earth. All that you do is right. And Father, this morning, we bow our knee in reverence, holy reverence to you, God. There is no God but you, O oh Lord. Father, come touch our hearts this week. As we finish this fast, Lord, let you be on the throne, Lord. And let us be humbled be, be beneath your throne, Lord God, as we submit ourselves to you. May God bless you. May he cause you to hear his voice. May he cause your prayers to be answered. May your diseases be healed. May your finances prosper. May your children be protected and blessed. And if you are single, may the Lord bless your singleness and give you somebody if you're looking for somebody. And may, if you are married, may God make your marriage so blissful and fruitful. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you agree, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.